thanks for joining us. And if you want to be part of the show, you can uh, interact with us and chat with fellow Sharks fans all over the world in Sharks territory and all over the world indeed for the next few games on the page or the app on YouTube. Of course, you want to follow us on the social Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and of course, our new one, TikTok, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. And with that, we bid you a pleasant hello to the 2022-23 season. I am Eric Hura, pleased to be joined by Mr. Eric Landy. Guten Abend. Er, er, guten Abend, mein Mensch. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's good to be here. I, I liked uh, this little, uh, little tune-up we have in, in the Deutschland. Uh, as you can tell, I'm a purveyor of things German. I like uh, their food, their dogs, uh, their people, and um, their country. It's all awesome. So uh, if you haven't already celebrated Oktoberfest, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Seriously. So welcome, everyone. This is essentially the premiere uh, for Teal Town After Dark. Season 9, believe it or not. A full season number 8 for us here at Teal Town USA. So if you're new here, I know, where's the time gone? If you're new here, thanks for joining us and finding us here on the YouTube. Please smash that subscribe button and hit that notification bell that'll let you know when we do go live but of course look for us after every single sharks game home and away in north america or in europe either way <laughs> actually you know you, you joke about that but we do have a, f a couple friends actually out there in, in germany and uh we know we know that uh miko was watching out there uh you know from from his spot and um I wonder. I, I, well, I, hopefully he made it out to the game, but I'm not sure. Um, but again, you know, it, it just goes to show you. You know, we've we've been doing this for nine seasons, and you know, getting the the fan base and the support and and everybody you know who's hopped on with us from day one, we really appreciate it because, you know, it, without you guys and gals, we we wouldn't be able to do the show, and you know, we wouldn't have an audience to do the show for and give us a space to to talk about you know the, the the sharks so come one come all you know from all corners of the globe i think that's a beautiful thing about the sharks fan base is yep. that it's so diverse um i saw the new ad spots uh csn was uh putting together with the sharks organization with the teal together and a lot of um women representation and a lot of uh women of color which i really appreciated especially being you know half latino myself you know, it's uh, it, it's really good to see the Sharks continuing that outreach that they've done so well since 91. So, yeah. uh, again, you know, the Global Series is just another um, uh, tip of the cap, you know, a little feather in the cap, so to speak, for that outreach. And again, like I said before uh, and, and said in the DMs, too, it's uh, it's the Sharks representing San Jose abroad. And, yeah. uh, you know, as as fellow Bay Area, you know, Bay Area natives, um, we really take pride in our teams, you know, going out and doing a good job representing us, um, you know, as a fan base and, and as a as a from the civic perspective as well. So, again, it's uh, it was really awesome to see. And then the game itself, I thought, had some really interesting pieces to it. I, I felt that, um, 
you know, the adjustments needed for the wider ice was you could see that evident in that first period. They kind of got their footing and almost looked like they adapted the North American style game to to the uh, to the rink in that second period. And in that third period, I think that's kind of when the star power took over. So, um, again, I think for the Sharks, it's a good tune up, uh, good little scare in that first period to kind of wake them up. Um, and uh, again, I think a uh, good building block going into the season. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a nice, uh, like I said, at the top of the program, it, it was a nice pit stop uh, to check out a lot of happenings in Germany. And the guys got a, got a good time in, uh, took out, took in some touring, did some touring, did, took in a soccer match. Um, yeah. And it's an adjustment because the European style is 200 by 100. Now from what I've understood and i remember when the sharks went to sweden about 10 11 years ago uh they will play on an nhl size rink 200 by 85 uh, when they go to prague for the games on friday and saturday uh so if there's any confusion but tonight this one was 200 by 100 and yeah going back and forth might be a little bit tough and might be adjustment but landy i mean granted while it was a scoreless first period and and they they outshot Ice Bear in Berlin 11-6 in, in the period. And, and, yeah, I thought they needed to get their feet going, but they didn't look too bad in the opening frame. So my biggest takeaway from that opening frame was we didn't see a lot of play below um, the goal line. You know what I mean? I thought that the, the play was definitely restricted to maybe about halfway up the half boards on that, uh, on that initial period because it seemed like – there was a little bit of hesitation to get that puck into the corner, keep it there in fear of having, you know, somebody strip it and then pass it all the way up because of the extra, you know, whatever it is, seven feet on either side of the goal, goal poles. So, um, you know, I thought, again, that was where I was seeing a little bit of the hesitation from the Sharks. Um, and, and I thought that that's kind of what they were adapting to. Um, at the Towards the end of the first period, I thought, and this is continue forward into the game, but I was remarking to, to Puck Guy, the East-West passing in the slot. I, I saw a lot of tic-tac-toe kind of plays being played in the rush, uh, you know, coming up ice. And I thought that that didn't really start until maybe about halfway through that first period. Um, and, and then they really kind of took advantage to having that extra space left to right. Um, and, and then you saw a little bit more creativity kind of in the play, um, you know, as that first period kind of kind of wound up. Mm -hmm. um, I thought the lines were kind of interesting um, when you had hurdle centering uh, Kunin and Timo. Um, I thought that that was uh, that's a where the where's the beef line, because that's a lot <laughs> of boys right there. A lot of big boys right there. You know, and I, I just, uh, you know, Barabov's not going to be on this on this trip. But it's nice to see Hurdle and Meyer get to things going. And Luke Coonan has looked pretty decent on that line there. And sure enough, you know, not to not to uh, spoiler alert to those who haven't seen the game today, uh, you know, all three of them made big dividends on uh, on uh, this on this game, you know, for sure. But that being said, Landy, uh, you know. They got into a little bit of penalty trouble early on, and then Giovanni Fiori, uh, <laughs> the opening goal, uh, right after practically both goaltenders came into the got 
let go. You know, we had Reimer uh, start along with, uh, and I can't, I can't believe I'm, I'm blanking on this one. On um, they only see that the, the tough part with NHL.com, they didn't put both the netminders in. Uh, it was, let me pull it up here. Tobias and and Kika who uh, started the game for uh, Ice Bear in Berlin. They were replaced about midway through, and then Markinen and Kakinen would get into the game, and Kakinen would let it, I think it was his first shot by Fiore to make it one nothing. and boy, howdy, did that place blow the roof off, and, and they could sense an upset in the making, even though they're like the two-time defending uh, German League champions. Yeah, I mean, and again, I thought that that's kind of what really woke the sharks up they're like "Uh oh okay we, you know we better start you know kicking it into gear because then you saw a lot more play and possession of the puck down low um, and then i again i i think that that's when they really started to use the cycle game and yeah. so um you know they they have it listed as tomas hurdle unassisted here but um it should be a, a shadow assist for timo and i would even absolutely put a shadow assist on Kunin as well for you know getting it low first and then kicking it out timo then to hurdle um if i remember the announcement sorry to jump in but yeah. i mean if i remember the announcement they did give it to meyer and that was a nice pass between the defender's legs to hurdle for that goal uh so it's nice to see those that combo working already yeah, yeah, and, and, and again, a, a great goal by Hurdle. Hopefully that's one of those ones he can build some confidence early in the season. And, you know, he's he's going to be the heart, and he's going to be the driver of the team on the forwards because, I mean, you know, Logan, you know, if I took away anything, Logan looked a little, um, unaf you know, ineffective in, in that in that game. I think overall I was, I was a little um, disappointed in the showing of Limbaugh and, and Couture and uh, Kevin LeBanc. And, and again, Kevin LeBanc is a guy that I'm circling that needs to have a good year. And, and this yep. is a guy that, you know, I'm, I'm still a little concerned with um, the way he, he executes the puck down the ice. I'm, I'm concerned about the control when he's, when he's handling the ice, uh, handling it on the ice. And uh, again, I wonder a little bit, if he's fighting some nerves or, or fighting, you know, something um, to the effect of, uh, you know, something from a mental perspective, because it almost seems like he's he's passing up good opportunities to shoot yet again. And he's deferring yet again. And it's like, no, I, I, I you need to be the facilitator. You either <laughs> yeah. you need to either make make a quick shot or, or you need to get it off to your line mates who can who can get that, um, you know, Across the net. Now, I, I saw that they had maybe a little bit more chemistry kind of going into the latter parts of the second. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I saw a couple really nice sequences with Limbaum close um, to the net. And that's going to how they're going to have to score. Right. I mean, that 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 particular line, you've got two puck hounds and Couture and Limbaum who, who like to play low. And, you know, I think it's going to be for Kevin to really, you know, take up a spot, maybe quarter away up the half boards and and really you know dish it out to them low you know I think that that's how they're going to make their bones on that line because um, right now I'm not seeing quick enough shots coming from Kevin and he seems again to, just looking for that perfect pass looking for that perfect you know that perfect play and it's just not coming to him so you know if you if you don't get those and, and you don't find yourself 
being in position to to lay it in their uh, on their tape use your feet move your feet a little bit you mm-hmm. know you know go a little bit closer or move a little bit left to right but he's got to make he's got to make space for himself and i think that that's going to be key especially in the early part of the season to get him going is he needs to make his own space out, out on the ice he needs to be comfortable um, to a point where he can make a quick either a quick shot or a quick pass um, but again not not allowing um, you know opposition to you know kind of get up in his face and make him make a move that he doesn't want to make you know what I mean I think, right a, a, again he he kind of I'm a little concerned when he's when he's pressured and when he's got a big body on him yeah and that's that's the concern I have for all these uh, um what they what people will call the undersized forwards uh, is that they will get scrunched big time. Um, I, I think they need to. They'll use their skill. They'll use their agility to get through it. You know, I think we saw that the other night when Daniel Gushin, uh had a hat trick against Vegas, which was you love to see it. Come on now, people. I mean, <laughs> uh, he didn't make make the the traveling squad he's back with the barracuda uh and then of course you saw uh thomas bordalo and and uh william eklund in the stands with uh which unfortunately for for uh nico sturm you know a german born couldn't uh couldn't make it to play a game against germany which is a bummer but uh definitely got into the pregame uh festivities as well there but yeah that the hurdle line is going to be a, a big one uh, coming in. So they, they made it one one there. And then, you know, 40 seconds later, you know, the, the, I guess what we'll call one of the pieces we got for Brent Burns, Stephen Lawrence, uh, does some play. And it was a nice play all around. Gadjevich takes a hit. Landy, uh, you know, Lawrence sets up Carlson. Carlson takes a shot. And what he does is Lawrence gets into the front of the net. And this is what I like about, Kunin and Lorenz is that they're going to drive to the net and and be the be the ones who get those dirty goals and pick up the rebounds or the tips. Yeah, I mean, I saw two players who are big bodies that weren't were not afraid to go to the net. And and again, we had been asking for that and and had been asking for, you know, just you know, some more traffic and and, and more collecting the garbage around the crease you know it's so cliche but you know it seemed like a lot uh, you know in, in in seasons prior you know we saw a lot of peripheral play and I think you know after Pavelski left he was really a, a guy who stood there and took a lot of abuse and and it seemed like after he left there was almost like this exodus away from the slot you know the 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 play became so much more periphery based and i like it when when you've got a lorenz or you've got a kunin just crashing down on the net and just creating some havoc um you're gonna take it it's gonna it's gonna take a physical toll right and and that's that's the kind of the problem is is getting the guys to buy in on it but if you have enough guys who are big enough and who can you know kind of buy into that style of play if you've got everybody pulling on the same rope you know you're, you're gonna have you're gonna have some some space out there and and maybe for a guy like eric carlson if you give him some space he can maybe surprise some people and, and surprise what he's still got left so 
I mean, I saw some good creativity from him there. Um, there were a few plays on the defensive end, you know, Eric Carlson giveth, Eric Carlson taketh away kind of stuff. Um, but again, I like the the meldings of that third line, and I liked the play that I saw from them. Very meat and potatoes. But again, I think that this team really does need to get back to basics on this kind of stuff because for so long it had been such a, a skill show, so to speak. Yeah. No, and it's it's nice that they're not going for the the fancy play. It's it's nice that they are going for you know trying to get in there, get your feet wet, you know, get, get in there in the dirt, you know, per se. Granted, of course, you know, metaphorically speaking, because there's no, you know, dirt on the ice, unless you played the cow palace way long ago. Uh, and who knows what else was in that dirt. Um, but it, it's nice to see, you know, getting into the, in the tough part, getting in there, doing, doing other things that, you know, was kind of lost over the last couple of years. Uh, so it's, it was nice to see there. Uh, so all of a sudden two goals in in 40 seconds and it goes from a one, nothing. Oh shoot. Is, is ice bear in Berlin about to embarrass the San Jose sharks worldwide to, okay. The sharks came back and, and did something about it. So it was nice after two periods to see that happening. And then the third period, uh, Noah Gregor, I think is assuming the role of Kevin LeBanc, uh, in this one, land he, he takes a couple of penalties. Uh, he had a, an interference call uh, in the first period. He he takes a high sticking call about midway through the third, and and then uh, a nice clear out by uh, Ferraro sets Kuhn up on a two on one, and Kuhn's like, I'm not passing you, Hurdle. I'll take it myself. <laughs> and, and, and you know, honestly, Kuhn has really made a name for himself in. In the preseason, I've really liked his play, and we've what we've pretty much just talked about right here was just how he was able to get pucks on it, go get into dirt stuff, and everything. <laughs> Coonan, <laughs> Ricky. Coonan, yes. Sorry, Ricky. My bad. Coonan. Uh, Coonan. Yes. No. I, again, I think it's 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 good to see him use his size. And, and make some space for Tomas and for Timo to make crisscross plays. Um, and, and, I mean, honestly, that that really is key for those guys to to handle the, the puck. I mean, because we know um, Hurdle's stick-handling skills. I mean, we, we've seen it. We know what he does. Dangles for days, you know, um, between the legs, whatever have you. You know, if he can, you know, nice backhand move. Actually, I saw a couple backhand shots today that were just like, wow, he must have been working on his backhand. But um, for Kunin, being the battering ram to make that space um, is so important. And it's not about, like, making interference plays or pick plays or things like that. But it's just kind of like that that Tomas Holmstrom, you know, kind of presence right that big butt parked in front of the, the the goaltender. I mean, how many times have we have we said get in the goaltender's eyes? How many times have we said put some kind of impediment for him to to move left to right, or right. or for him to to just have a different object in front of his face to to kind of break up the ice a little bit? You know what I mean? So yeah. 
it's it's easier said than done for sure because it, like we had kind of mentioned it's it's a different kind of philosophy of of buying in but again i saw similar styles of play through all four lines it seemed like they were on the same page on you know how they wanted to play and i think for for david quinn it's a good showing that hey the system is kind of sticking a little bit you know the system is is starting to to um come into into view you know what i mean and, mm-hmm. and it's not something that's so arbitrary or something that can't really be um replicated in in practice you know now you're seeing actual um opposition um able to present you know different kinds of of looks so that now you can play your game and kind of adjust it to um to make those fine adjustments that that didn't come in practice right because you, you know again you cannot replicate game speed you know as right. much as you want um to so again it's good to see that they have gelled lines one through four it doesn't look like each line has its own script it looks like they're playing from the same playbook yeah which is nice to see because you know in time there will be injuries there'll be uh guys who need to have messages sent so it'll be the next man up uh on there for for the sharks indeed you know it's going to be one of those things uh, let's talk about the goaltending situation. I mean, they, they did face a total of 19 shots. Uh, I thought both of them looked all right. I thought Kakinen came in at a rough time, you know, with no warm up or anything and takes the first, gets the first shot and it goes in. But, you know, for both goaltenders, 18 of 19 on the night, that long goal from, you know, Fiore, uh, to, to get the long goal for Berlin. But, other than that, I mean, Landy, I'll come to you, and, and I, I don't even know the answer to it. Who gets that start? I would assume they both split both both games in Prague. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, at this point, both have shown, you know, a, a good um, level of play in that exhibition game, and I thought both have been decent through the preseason. I, I would suggest to just go with Ka, um, Kakanen on uh, the Friday night game only because, like I had said before, it, it really is um, setting the mark and setting the tone for the season as to who's going to be your starter, right? And, and I don't think that there's too much illusion. I mean, Reimer is here for one more year on his deal if he stays, um, you know, through the trade deadline, what have you, where where the sharks are at, but as of this moment, you know the goalie of the future is Kakanen, right? So, you you don't want to start any kind of goaltender controversies already. I, I would suggest the easy money says Kakanen Friday, Reimer Saturday, um, and then Kakanen I think opens up uh, on Friday after in San Jose. Yeah. Um. I and I think that that's you know the sharks this. This team doesn't need any more um, drama or any more uh, questions over the the off season. They don't need to have any more turmoil. So why even go there with the goaltenders? Um, you know, I think there's been enough surprises and enough showing to rookies, especially um, 
you know, we like I had said before, or like we had talked a little bit before, Ryan Merkley not making the team, um, oh. and going into also um, Eklund and Bordy, you know, not getting uh, the start tonight. Um, Miko Sturm again, um, kind of some questions there on, on where he's at. Um, so again, I think that there have been there's been enough message sending from this coaching staff to say, hey, look, you know, we're we're keeping you honest. You've got to earn your way onto the team, and I think goaltending will be no different. You know, if if Kockenen comes out and lays a stinker on Friday, then it it might affect the way in which who starts at home. Uh, but if Kockenen comes out and has a strong game or, you know, has a decent game, let's say he he posts above a 9-10 percentage or whatever, uh, maybe 9 um, you know, then I, I wouldn't think that that would add any kind of controversy to that goalie mix. But if he lays an egg, I think then you've got Reimer, who is a proven starter, who is a guy who can take a, a big load, and, and you can go from there on if you want to make the call of, do I need to send the goaltender a message or not? Right. Do you think uh, on on that part, that's a similar thing that that Quinn's doing with Bordalo in in Eklund? and Eklund? Yeah, I I I think so. I think again that the team has not been shy about how it wants um, to conduct itself. I mean, even on the broadcast uh, this afternoon, they were speaking about how, you know, the team had eight rookies in the lineup on the final game of the season last year, and they have no rookies in the lineup tonight. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's weird. I I will mention Shang's quotes about that. And basically David Quinn was saying they need to continue to improve and do the things we've addressed with them that will allow to be successful NHL players. Uh, we're really happy with their progress. This is not in any way, shape or form saying that we're disappointed with them. It's just a tough league. Right. And again, it's, they had wanted um, competition and they wanted these players to earn their spots on the ice. And I think the message has been sent that coasting will no longer be tolerated. Nope. Um, I think it also sends the message that even as a high draft pick or a touted prospect in a system, you need to um, show why you were drafted there and you need to earn the praises that that have been sung. Um, And I think that... You know, it's definitely a different atmosphere for for young players to come into. And and maybe, you know, we've kind of drifted. I think the Sharks especially had had drifted towards a more um, democratic, more, um, you know, embrace everybody's um, uh, everybody's differences and everybody's um, flaws. And, you know, a lot of. a lot of individualism and now i think we've seen the pendulum swing back towards no this is about the crest in the front this is about us moving towards a common goal yes you can be an individual yes you know we need to respect um everybody's whether it be just taking uh the nationality in per- uh, perspective and and the russian players not being able to go um 
I think Greer really, really drew a sand in the line or a, a line in the sand, and and, and said, "Look, th- we're all a team, and and we're all going or we're all not going," and it sends a message to the locker room that they're playing for something bigger than themselves, and that has not been a message sent in that locker room for three seasons at least. Yeah, it, it seems like there are all individuals trying to work together when it has to be a team-oriented play. And it's tough to think about it, that, you know, how this team is 5-1 and one in the preseason, and you're like, ooh, okay, maybe they're on to something. At the same time, though, it is preseason. You're, you're not showing off all your cards. Not everybody's in the lineup. This is probably the closest to the lineup we, we've seen all preseason with this team tonight. And granted, no Nico Sturm. You did get Lindblom back. You 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 uh, lose Nadavara, you know, early in the preseason. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how things work out. I, I It's almost like it's a preseason game, but it counts for these two. And it's a weird schedule for the Sharks. I mean... You have them go all the way to to Germany, play an exhibition in Germany. Then you're going to play two games in Czechia, you know, with Nashville. Then you're going to basically get a week off, come home, play a back-to-back uh, with Carolina and Chicago. And then you're back out on the road. And then you, you hit up practically, you know, the, the New York metro area plus Philly and then you come back for, you know, at least a trio games to finish out October. So it's a weird month. Um, concerned about the jet lag? Hmm. Well, we, As did one see who, it, we did see it. We did see this a little bit. What was it? 2010 in 2010 season when they came back from Sweden and, and I remember they had a particularly rough stretch for I want to say it was like a week and a half. I want to say it was like a three or four game losing streak when we got back. Might have even been longer. But you know, I could see the team struggling. But but let's say this. I think we should shoot for in this month of October. I would say 500 hockey if you can sustain 500 hockey through the month of October I I think you're setting yourself up for for good things right I mean there's going to be a lot of travel yes there's going to be a lot of back and forths um, but if you just kind of keep the eye around 500 and get get it to the point where you get back to the consistency of on for a week home off you know out for a week on for off on you know the get the the away home um groove kind of going i think it will be be okay um so for me at least the, for what i'm highlighting is let's just keep it 500 in october um and then kind of go from there see where the chips fall um the concerns are again we, we've lost uh, uh nidivara um, and, and we're still kind of wondering where Barabanov is, um, you know, again, some some roster questions um, still to be answered. Um, we'll see. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, this this game taught 
us a few things on on the Sharks, but also too, you know, you also have to look at the competition, right? I mean, Nashville is a completely different team and has completely different factors you have to play against, and we'll see how this roster, constructed as it is, plays against um, Nashville. I think that that'll give me a better gauge on where the season is going to be. Um, even though it's you know the first couple of regular season games, um, I almost look at it as like a pre-season, so to speak, even though they are part of the regular season. Right. But it kind of just shows where they're at, what they've got in this lineup now, and how much those pieces that they've that are sitting on the table will aid the team going forward. Um, and like I told you, I, I, I'd say if, if you can get battle out of 500 out of here, I think that'll go a long way to showing me the team can, um, you know, maybe put up a fight for a wild card spot or, or something. But again, I think there's so much flux in the forward core um, and, and, you know, so much was moved in and out that I, I kind of got to see it against a, a working NHL roster before I can really get a good gauge on where we're going to be. Yeah. And we'll find that out on Friday at 11 a.m. as the Sharks take on the National Predators in the NHL Global Series. Uh, uh, the patch says Czech Republic. I think the, the technical term now is Czechia. Uh, we'll ask we'll ask Tomas Hurdle all about that, you know, down the road. Um, I, I think that's pretty much everything we got covered up, my friend. Um, anything to add, uh, Chad? If there's anything else you want us to chat about before we get on out of here, uh, let us know. Uh, Shang is tweeting out that Quinn has said everybody is healthy. So it looks like everybody's on the up and up and ready to roll for Friday. Uh, looks like Sturm will most likely be in the lineup. Um all right. Well, we got a we got a request from Ricky here, um, Puck guy. While you're kind of going through, um, you know, the rest of the the sequence there from the after um, after uh, game notes. Yeah. But uh, he he really wants to talk about Merkley and really wants to talk about why he was not put on this roster. And I mean, I think we went around we we danced around it a little bit, but a little bit, yeah. This is a guy that needed to show up in camp with a with a, a fire under his ass because there is a wide open offensive defenseman type slot right hander, <laughs> you know, on this on this San Jose Sharks um, squad, you know, that third pairing offensive defenseman is a vacant hole, and he was the guy penciled in to be there i mean in the shadow docket or shadow roster they you know greer would never tell you that but i think there was a certain level of expectation that hey look this is a kid that got what was it 15 games last year 10 games something like that Mm -hmm. um you know got enough of a cup of coffee to be like you know this is what it's like this is what it's going to be like you know if you want to you want to be part of the show you want to you want to be up here you know, it's going to take some real work and going to require some real um, maturity and uh, growth in your game and development in your game. We didn't get that in the preseason. We got a guy who 
is still prone to making mistakes in his own end. Now, I'm not expecting him to be, um, you know, the the next coming of of um, Nick Lidstrom in his own zone, but you know, a guy who can take the puck, make simple decisions, make simple passes, or hold on to it to the, to the point where he can make him make some space for himself and make an outlet kind of appear by you know having some possession um you know in his own zone but you know have the ability to hold on to the puck in his own zone but again it's a guy that's easily stripped of the puck in his own zone a guy that if he doesn't see the exact opportunity he wants seems to have an issue doing some some ad hoc play you know what i mean and in a guy that still questions on on the way in which he expresses himself and the way in which he you know goes about um you know being demonstrative in in the in his play you know and, and something that i would hope that he would work on and and it's something that i've had to work on too and i think most people you know it's it's how you outlet your emotions but still you know that that level of maturity and professionalism i i, I just i haven't seen that growth yet and i'm wondering if the organization is cluing in on that as well it makes you wonder and i see him he's he's stickling a lot and he's not making those quick decisions and, and that's what I saw at the rookie tournament, and it's like, oh man, dude, come on! You know, I'm rooting for the guy because, you know, I want him to be successful and, and do do a phenomenal job. But I think he gets he he overthinks things maybe a little too, bit too much, you know. Uh, Ian putting making a good comment in the chat. Um, he's saying by fans, sure by the org. I'm not so I'm not sure they signed a lot of vets that basically blocked Merkley's path. You don't sign guys just to lose them on waivers. And the, the same could be said maybe, you know, for Bordolo and and Eklund to give them more seasoning with the Barracuda. I mean, I think everybody's been excited about the Barracuda, the new arena and everything, and maybe give them more seasoning uh, and, and not have, you know, what was it, 18 rookies last year? Yeah. You know, but, to, but by, to solidify that by by having those one way deals, right, by having those deals for these veterans, um, you're absolutely right. Ian. The, the the impediment was placed. And I think that that's why the preseason was so important for Eklund, for Bortolo and for Merkley, those three in particular who we would like to see, you know, get a real shot up here. But there was an artificial barrier placed in front of them that they have they had to push through through this preseason, and we just didn't see it. And, and that's okay. That means that they're not ready yet. Um, it, it and it means that there is a, a security blanket there in that artificial floor that the team put there. Now, whether or not that's going to hinder the big club going forward, that's a different discussion, right? And and it's a different discussion on on how long these veteran roadblocks are going to be in place for those um, players. But again, we needed to see them have a wow preseason, and, and we didn't see it. Now, Bordolo had a good preseason. I wouldn't say it was bad. Um, Eklund left me a little disappointed. Merkley left me very disappointed. Um, 
but I think you know the guy that that showed he should get a shot before those three was Gushkin. I mean that that hat trick, um, you know, in in the preseason game before coming over. Yeah, I mean that that should that should buy you at least a, a, an audition um, in, in the final preseason game. So I I too was a little um, you know a little not I'm I'm not upset. I'm I'm not you know losing sleep over it or anything like that. But uh, you know I thought that that was enough of a show, enough of a push to be like, hey, give him give him a second look. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and don't think that he when when they need somebody with the skill and everything that Gush gets his chance to come up. You know, the the other two Bordalo and Eklund just have the the NHL playing experience already. So I mean, they're they're a little more comfortable, I would think, within the organization. Granted, when Bordalo last played, there was a completely different regime behind the bench in in the front office. But uh, you know, it, it's it, it is what it is. Know. And, um, and with and and again with a new front office, all of those players that were highly touted are just guys that that are hearsay for Greer, right? Because he wasn't here, you know, he didn't go through the 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 profiling for drafting these players. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any kind of attachment, you know, to this previous regime and and that's the unfortunate part is, you know, bringing in a new GM is like almost square one. You know, he has to reevaluate every piece that he's got. And I'm sure he's building up files for those guys right now. Oh, but, for sure. But because he was so new, I think the the addition of the free agent signings and, and the veteran signings were because he didn't know what he had. And it's going to take some time to figure out what he's got. Um, right. and, and so, again, the, the artificial barrier was placed, whether it was intentional for the kids or whether it was more along the lines of Greer just didn't know what he had, so... He might as well get some known quantities. I think that that's a debate to be had. Um, But it doesn't surprise me that this is the way that they're going. Everything in the offseason, just just through through the way in which they've wanted to play, the type of of play that they want to set, the types of moves that they made have all suggested that there is a grand idea, uh, you know, a grand work here at play, but it's going to take some time. Did it reset? Did did Greer coming on re- fundamentally reset the the rebooting of the team? I don't think so. I, I you know you got to figure that he had to be a little bit in concert with Hasso on on you know kind of the idea of of when the team needs to compete and kind of a little bit of a vibe of the marketplace. But he's also played here too, and I'm sure he he remembers you know the fervor um, that the fans have and and knows how disappointed they get and knows um, how at times the fan base can be I won't say fickle, but can definitely voice their displeasure with their wallets, and I think he's aware of that too. So there's there's a lot of of um, juggling that needs to happen in order for these players to get onto the team. There's a they had to have shown um, shown an ability to shoulder that responsibility and they just haven't shown that yet. It'll, it it'll take time and and maybe you know we expect them to to show off I don't want to say show off but 
you know, make a statement when they're with the Barracuda. And and I think what I was trying to get to earlier, and Ricky, you mentioned it, they said that he was already on his way down before the hat trick. Yeah, he could be on his way down before the hat trick, and I completely agree with that. But that hat trick makes them think about it a little bit more. I was like, ooh, okay, this guy or looks pretty it decent. Make them yeah, it's it. it's that's his way of sending that message like, okay, I'll be ready whenever you want me to be you want me to come up. So and that's and that's nice to have. And and let's be honest, healthy competition is something that is desperately welcomed uh, in in the organization right now. So to have these kids marinate it will be a good thing. It's going to be frustrating, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's be very honest. It's going to be frustrating when the team is losing 2-1, 2 nothing. We saw what they had last year offensively. We've seen them do, a, you know, outside, I think, the Vegas game in the preseason. They didn't do a whole lot on the power play. Uh, penalty killing, they did fantastic. But the power play is going to be something that's going to be highly magnified. Uh, especially if it gets into a big rut. That's when I think you're going to start seeing the fans uh, be like, okay, come on, let's let's give Eklund a shot. Let's give Bordalo a shot, you know, uh, and down the road, you know, Gushin. Uh, and for that matter, Merkley, you know, give him a chance to be offensive creative. And, you know, teams like, no, we're not going to Merko Mueller this. Yeah, and I think uh, that's it's a good way of putting at it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, we saw how that rush timetable affected Mirko, and we saw how it affected players like Sasha Chemilevsky and Chekovich, yep. and you know, it's they don't want a repeat of of a flash in the pan situation. I think Noah Gregor. I mean, this this has got to be the year to put up or shut up. I mean. You know what I mean? He he's got to be on on razor thin ice, and so <laughs> um, for me at least, I don't want the team to fall victim of you're a vet and you get to play. I I really do want to see accountability even at the veteran level, um, and and I want to see um, you know a guy like Eric Carlson get. Um, his power play time cut if he's if he's not hacking it or or you know um, uh, a reduction in minutes for a guy like uh, Mario Ferraro if he if he makes you know a, a Brent Burns esque type play so you know again I I just want to see accountability um, one through twelve and one through six um, and and even shoot both the goaltenders as well i i just want to see fair balanced and and again just Excuse me. everybody yep. pulling on the same rope at, uh, at the same time in the same yep. direction and then you yep. can really see where the talent level lies um and i i i'm hopefully optimistic of, of this season but again there are questions that are still left to be answered. The the five and one preseason record just gives you that little bit of hope of like, okay, this team might not be so bad after all. And and at the same time, in the back of your head, is like, no, be bad. Let's get Connor Bedard. You know, uh, so it's going to be interesting. And and quite honestly, it's going to be an interesting, fun 
ride uh, all season long for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing how the how the on ice product evolves. I think from game to game, and and I want to see if this new change in leadership um, starts to trickle down to the players and really you know give us something to cheer for um, and, and give us some hope that the team can pull off this rebuild retool uh, on the fly <laughs> you know because because right now I mean um, after three seasons of being out of the playoffs I think it, I'm, I'm kind of got that glazed over kind of look <laughs> to me you know what I mean so um, baby steps and this is a good baby step Yep, and uh, yeah, we'll see what they bring out on Friday. Yep, that'll be a fun one, and that's when we kick things off for real. 11 a.m. Uh, puck drop for Sharks and Predators from Prague, Czech Republic, uh, or Czechia is either way. Uh, that'll be on NBC Sports California for both games. Both, you know, 11 a.m. for Friday and Saturday against Nashville. Uh, we will be here throughout everything. So. In case you missed anything, or you want to watch this again, there's your cue, Landy. <laughs> uh, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, you name it, you love it. Always available at tealtownusa.com. Of course, you can watch the replay on YouTube as well. And, and if you aren't watching us live, by all means, leave a comment. What do you think of of the the five and one preseason? Who's your goaltender? Who's your starting goaltender going in? Are you are you happy or sad that Bortolo and, and Eklund didn't get in? So leave us a comment of what you think of what what the Sharks are going to be doing in 2022-2023. So, Landy, back to you. <laughs> well, uh, final thoughts are. Um, let's get this uh, season off to a strong start. Uh, let's see the team kind of gel and, uh, you know, kind of coalesce uh, in this little sprint out to Chechia. And uh, you can catch me across all the social media platforms using my first name. That's E-R-I-K and my last name, L-A-N-D-I. He spells it the right way, folks, just like I do. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, I'm at PuckGuy14 on their Twitter and the Instagram. We will be back with you Friday afternoon, uh, local time here in the Pacific time zone, following Sharks and Predators as we kick off Season 32 of Sharks Hockey. That's crazy to think. Season 32. And when we kick off Season number 9 of After Dark, uh, so with that, for Eric Landy, for myself, I'm Eric Kura, for the entire crew here at Teal Town USA, thank you for watching. We look forward to you joining us as we uh, get on this roller coaster ride that is Sharks Hockey starting Friday afternoon. And until then, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching. We will see you after game one on Friday. <laughs>